Good morning, Freedom. It is great to see you. I am excited to be here with all of you today. Can you please stand on your feet? We'll go straight to the word. We'll be in 2 Kings. Second Kings, sixth chapter. And it reads as such, early in the morning, a servant of the holy man got up and went out. Surprise, horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, oh, master, what shall we do? He said, don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O God, open his eyes and let him see. The eyes of the young man were open and he saw a wonder, a whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. When the um, Aramaeans attacked, Elisha prayed to God, strike these people blind. And God struck them blind just as Elisha said. Then Elisha called out to them, not that way. Not that way, not this city. Follow me and I'll lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. As they entered the city, Elisha prayed, Oh God, open their eyes so they can see where they are. God opened their eyes. They looked around. They were trapped in Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, Father, shall I massacre the lot? 22 says, not on your life, said Elisha. You didn't lift a hand to capture them, and now you're going to kill them. No, sir. Make a feast for them and send them back to their master. So he prepared a huge feast for them. After they ate and drank their fill, he dismissed them. Then they returned to their home to their master. The raiding bands of Armon didn't bother Israel anymore. Father God, thank you for your grace and your presence I ask that you give me clarity. Let me speak with understanding that even a child can understand, Lord. We thank you for your presence in this room. Have your way, hide me behind the cross so that only you may shine through in Jesus' name. On your way to your seat, tell somebody, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Say it like that. For the essence of time, please allow me to get straight to the text here. For those of you who know your pastor, you should know by now I love expository preaching. I love taking everything from the, from, the, from the text, straight from the text, the main point, the theme, all of it, straight from the text. So that's what this is going to be pretty full of today. At the time of the text, we find ourselves in a serious contention between Israel and Samaria. Samaria and Ar- Armon and the Armen- Ar- Aramites are, are used interchangeably, so Samaria is easy for me to say, as you can tell. Um, according to the text, the king of Syria decided he wanted to go to war with Israel. Now, there were some similarities to me that I'm, I'm seeing in today's news between Syria and, 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 and uh, Israel that I'm seeing between Russia and Ukraine. And, and I'll explain. See, the Bible is unclear as to why the Syrian king decided to even go to war with Israel. But the truth of the matter is, your haters don't always really need a reason to hate they're just doing their job. So the Bible's unclear as to why the king decided to go to war against Israel. So the, the, the enemy decided he was going to allow his troops, the Syrian army, to go and attack Israel. 
The similarity there with Russia and Ukraine is there we're very uncertain as to why Russia even wanted to go to war with Ukraine. It's been speculated that he wants to reclaim uh, Soviet Union property. He, we, it's been speculated that he's cleansing Nazi bloodlines from Ukraine. It's a whole lot of speculation, but we are very unclear as to why. So there's a similarity right there. When you look at the two armies, on paper, the Syrian army and the Israel army are two completely different things. Just as you look on paper, the Russian army and the Ukrainian army are, don't even compare to each other. Let's take a look at the army of Syria. In fact, Syria's army was considered to be multifaceted. They were considered to be one of the most modern armies of their day. They had people who would go in as, as archeries on, on horses and chariots. They had all kinds of ways to, to go in and the latest weaponry to use against their enemies. The Syrians had the ability to reach in other areas and gather intel and come back and strategize as to what they were doing and how they would be successful at war. That, that reminds me much of the, the Russian army, they are very multifaceted. They have 100,000 members gathering uh, each year to join the Russian military. That's the same as the Syrian army. The Syrian army was a force, almost 100,000 men in the Syrian army. They can go in as a small horse uh, riding party or they can go in 100,000 strong. Now let's look on the other hand, the Israel's army. Israel's army, in fact, was not really an army. It was just a militia of men who decided to take up arms. That is exactly what happened in Ukraine. They had just men who decided they were teaching school one day and the next day they had to learn how to shoot a gun. In fact, Israel's army was considered just to be a band of citizens, just like you and me. If you look at it and you, you kind of do some research there, it should have been where Syria came in and wiped out the Israel army overnight. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they believed that the Russian army thought they were going to do to Ukraine. They were going to wipe them out overnight. But how about this? The Russian army has formal training. The, the, the Syrian army has formal training. The Ukrainian army has no military strategist on staff. The, the Israel army has no military strategist on staff. They have no ground transportation. They had limited reconnaissance teams. They were not multifaceted at all. In fact, Israel's army were praisers, not rebels. They were farmers and not fighters. They had no prior military background whatsoever. So looking at it on paper, you would think this would be an easy win. When your enemy looks at you and doesn't see what's inside of you, they automatically calculate it as an easy win. So if we were to critique them on paper, we have a mighty Syrian army going up against a militia group and these citizens show up on the battlefield. What's so baffling to me is if you read the text, Somehow, Israel can, can always outsmart and outmaneuver the Syrian army. The nation of Syria could not defeat Israel. In fact, they couldn't beat them. They couldn't overthrow them. The Bible says that every time the Syrian army decided to make a move, the Israel army was one step ahead. 
Every time the nation of Syria tried to defeat the, the Israel army, in some kind of way, they always got away. They were able to escape because when you look at the Bible, the Bible lets us know it's tailored to teach us one thing about the nation of Israel's army. The one thing it's teaching us is the thing that we have in common with their army. In fact, they, they have the same thing we have today. We are in connection with the Lord. We have the Lord on our side. I want to stop right there and just mention to somebody that this week may have been hell on wheels, but you have God on your side. Then when, when God gets on your side, the balance of power always shifts. And that's exactly what happened with the Syrian and the Israel army. See, when God is on your side, the balance of power shifts and you're always in the majority. I love it because when God decides that he's going to do something for you, there's nothing that the devil in hell can do to stop him. I wish I had somebody to say amen in here. You plus God always becomes the majority. In other words, you always have the advantage when God is in your corner. In fact, it's a great place for us to stop right there and put your hands together because there was somebody last week on their last dime in the hospital room and not knowing where they was going to get the bills, how they was going to get the bills paid, but somehow, some. you somebody say amen i'm gonna say this i'm gonna preach this word regardless it, 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 it brings me to our text here go back up see the king of syria is is frustrated he's he's worried he can't seem to get his hands on the thing that he wanted the most he's frustrated just like putin is frustrated he's frustrated because he uh, the army of israel always seems to stay one step ahead of him so he issued a decree find out how this is happening he walked in with his officers and said one of y'all are traitors and i want to know who it is see see the, the 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 enemy may not always be in your camp but the enemy sometimes is standing next to you but in this case the king of syria had it all wrong ah, i love it because every time the enemy thinks he's figured it out god said no i'm moving in a whole different direction come on somebody Come on, somebody. The king of Israel realized that, that, that he was connected to somebody who knew God. The king of Israel stayed one step ahead of Syria because he was connected to somebody who knew the I am. You say, who is this I am? The I am was their military strategist. The I am stepped in and became their tanks and their armor. That was who the I am is to them. Every time the king of Syria would lay down at night, God intercepted his dreams and he conveyed those messages to the prophet. That's why it's so important to be connected to the king. Come on, somebody. Every time the king of Syria tried to attack Israel, God stepped in and made a way out of no way. Every time your enemy stepped in to say something bad against you, God made a way out of no way. I thought about that thing, and I, I realized that that's just like my God. It's just like my God to always keep us one step ahead, to always keep us above and not beneath. That's just like my God. 
Whenever God decides he's going to bless you, whenever God decides he's going to keep you, he will move all kinds of things out of the way. Somebody put your hands together if you've ever been kept by God. Whenever God decides that you're going to be above and not beneath, whenever he decides that you're going to be a lender and not a borrower, whenever God decides that he, you're going to be successful, he will move something, orchestrate something, change something, do whatever he needs to do to get the job done. Why? Because his promises are yes and amen. God almighty, I thank you, Lord. Watch this. When you read the story, the king of Syria learned that Elisha was in fact the corporate. And so from there he told them, go and find this Elisha. Go and find this one who's leaking my secrets because I need to know how it's happening. So here we are. The, this is what we pick up at right here in our text. So the king put out an OAPB out on Elisha. And he wanted all his forces to go and, and figure out where Elisha was. So information came back. Elisha was in Dothan and he, he sent his troops down to, to Dothan to figure out where this man was and how they can capture him. But right when the servant walked out the door, the servant saw a whole large army and he got afraid. All of a sudden, now look, on paper, Elisha was surrounded by the army. On paper, Elisha was surrounded and it was, his back was against the wall. Running out of corners, running out of options, he sounds just like you and I. It looks as if Elisha's back was against the wall and there was nothing else he was going to be able to do. But here in the text, it suggests that Elijah was never worried. Elisha never was afraid. In fact, Elisha immediately went into a praise. Hallelujah. Elisha immediately started to pray. But this is what I love about it. He didn't just pray for himself in his situation. He prayed for his servant. <laughs> My God. It suggests to me that, yeah, you may have had some sleepless nights. Yes, you may have walked the floor. Yes, cries and tears are necessary sometimes. But one thing Elijah knew that you need to be reminded of is that there are more on your side than it is with them. Hallelujah, somebody. And that's what I want to mention to somebody today that, well, you got to know without a shadow of a doubt that God is on your side. He will make a way out of no way if you just open your eyes. Come on, put your hands together. In fact, look here. Hell could come across the street. The enemies could be threatening you. Supervisor trying to lay you off. But God said, I'm going to stand in your corner and have your back. I love that about God. And because Elisha knew God, he was not afraid. In fact, when I looked at the text, there were a couple things that impressed me. And I know we, we got to get up out of here. But there, I got to say two things that impressed me. The first thing that impressed me was his confidence in God's sovereign presence. Elisha knew that the enemy was present. Elisha knew that there was enemies and, and his, his back was against the wall. Elisha knew this. He also knew that God was present. Elisha knew that the enemy was on one side, but he knew God was on the other. 
Elijah understood that he, he, he had a backup army outside, so he wasn't afraid. So in fact, he was so confident in God's plan that the enemy's plan didn't shake his confidence in God's sovereign. In other words, he says, I'm not going to allow my confirmation of my present state to shake my confidence in God's sovereignty. I know that the enemy is there. I know that the bills are piling up. I know you don't know where the money is coming from. I know. But guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I, I know that God is on my side. That's why the situation I'm in won't shake my confidence in God. Uh, I, I have confirmation and desires that the enemy wants to kill me. But guess what? God is still present in my everyday life. I'm excited about that. The confirmation is it looks bad, but my confidence said I will not shake or worry. That is what it said. How my confirmation is that I'm going down, I'm drowning, I'm overwhelmed. But my confidence is when I am weak, he is strong. I wish I had a witness in here. My question to you is, can you praise God in the midst of what you're going through? Can you praise God when things don't look like it? Can you praise God when they're about to shut the lights off? Can you praise God when they slide you a pink slip? Can you praise God when gas prices keep going up? Because my confirmation is, it's hard on this side, but my confidence is, if I open my eyes, I will see the glory of God and I know he's on my side <laughs> sit down sit down sit down sit down sit down sit down hold on one more thing one more thing one more thing sit down Woo, thank you Jesus the thing that stood out the next thing that stood out to me the next thing that stood out to me in the text was that his concern for his servant he was so concerned for the perception of his servant the problem here is Elisha saw victory, but his servant saw victim. Elisha saw a, 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 a great vast army on the mountaintops. Elisha saw victory, but his servant saw himself as a victim. So he immediately started to panic. The problem is we've been connected to people who can't see like us. We're connected to folks who don't have the vision like us. There should never be a time where Bishop and I are the only people who have vision for the house. There should never be a time where, where Bishop speaks vision and we can't see it too. The concern Elisha had is that he's connected to somebody who doesn't see like him. You've been, you can walk with him. You can talk with him, but you can't see like him. That was, con that was his problem. That was his concern because he realized that he was walking with somebody who was spiritually blind. Brothers and sisters, the problem is Elisha was so worried about his servant that when he prayed, he prayed open his eyes. He could already see the chariots of fire, but he wanted the servant to just get a glimpse of glory. <laughs> see, the problem is we are not taking time out just to get a glimpse of glory. Somebody say, open my eyes, God, that I can get a glimpse of glory. This is, this is it. This is it. And if the servant is truly his servant, that means he spent time with him. 
that means that he's helped serve him. That means that he's offered him food, that he spent time in his presence, but he still doesn't have the anointing or the ability to, to see the vision that Elisha saw. That means you can be in the vicinity of the prophet, but not understand the prophecy. You can be in the vicinity of the prophecy and not understand how it's going to work out in your life. Just because you're around me doesn't mean you can see what I see. And the problem for Elijah is he hooked up with somebody with no vision. The reason your relationships are funny is because you're hooking up with people with no vision. They can't see how you see you. They don't know how you see your life. The boy has no vision. And Elijah can see something the boy can't see. The Elijah said to him, God, I, I, I wish you could see it like I do. So in fact, I'm going to take time out. And I'm just going to pray for you. The, see, when people can't see the vision you have, you can pray for them. You can prophesy to them. But they've got to be willing to open their eyes. Here we are in the text. In other words, Lord, let him see what I see. Elijah prayed, Lord, open his eyes so he can get a glimpse of what you are about to do for us. Freedom, I'm telling you, open your eyes so you can get a glimpse of what God is about to do for you. Open your eyes so you can get a glimpse of how God is about to bless you. Open your eyes so you can get a glimpse of how God is going to protect you. Open your eyes so you can get a glimpse of how he's about to keep you. Open your eyes so you can get a glimpse of your elevation. Open your eyes so you will know that greater is he that is within me than me that is in the world. Open your eyes and see the glory. Open your eyes. You ought to open your eyes, freedom, so that you will know that God is on your side. Open your eyes so you will know that when they try to talk about you, let them talk. Because on paper, on paper, it may look like they got you. On paper, it may look like you're going to be defeated. On paper, it may look like you're about to lose the battle. But in my God, my God is stronger. My God is wiser. Greater. Open your eyes. Greater. Open your eyes. Greater. 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 Open your eyes. You ought to open your eyes, freedom. And see the salvation of God. Everybody's standing. Thank you, God. You ought to open your eyes. They may have told you you don't qualify. They may have told you you can't do it. But you ought to open your eyes. God is getting ready to do greater. God is getting ready to be just what you need him to be. God said, open your eyes and see that I am here. I won't leave you. Open your eyes. 
I won't forsake you. Open your eyes. Glory come. two people. I need about four people just to celebrate. Just to celebrate in here. Open your eyes because greater is coming. Open your eyes because the healing is coming. Open your eyes. The promotion is coming. Open your eyes. The blessing is on the way. standing. Father God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your presence. We pray that you seal this word in our hearts and let us know that you're with us if we just open our eyes. Now, if you're looking for a church home, if you're looking for a place to 